0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: Youth baseball talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer.
2: Hello everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check out The Rope Trainer today. Special thanks as always to Chris Verna, Earl Perrin, and the gang over at The Rope Trainer, and of course Hall of Famer John Smoltz. As, uh, they've taken the time, the energy, and the commitment to develop something to help us as we, uh, as we try to protect these young arms, young and old alike really, when it comes right down to it. And uh, the work they've done is is really second to none. So uh, make sure you check out the theropetrainer.com today. Well, um, coming to you from the Lineup Media FM Studios, home of the newest Yo Radio. Um, check it out. I know you're gonna love it. It's a uh, it's a very sleek and trendy streaming platform that's free on your mobile device and uh, great things in store for there. I'm really hoping to. Um, Really, really hoping to do more with Youth Baseball Talk through your Radio. So big things coming up there as well. You can stay tuned. Look for that in the new year. Um, excited today about today's show. Um, the reason being is it's that time of year where you start seeing the culmination of a lot of hard work for a lot of young men. Uh, for me personally, here, people that I know um, being involved in this game at, at, at that level, at the younger level, and then seeing kids grow up not only watching them mature as baseball players, but as, as people. Um, and, and it's not just baseball. I mean, I've, you know, it, it's all sports, but it's a great time in a, in the life of a, of a young student athlete, uh, to commit to a college to go do what they love to do. Um, I'm seeing the pictures. It's awesome. It makes me think, um, long and hard about a lot of things. And, um, you know, I'm excited for them uh, um I think it's a it's a unbelievable accomplishment. I mean, we know the numbers of how many kids actually have the opportunity to play in high school versus how many are playing I'm sorry, how many are playing in high school and then we know what the number is when they go to college, which is even less and I got to tell you the first time I ever heard that number that there were only twenty five thousand kids playing college baseball it It really did take me back. I would have bet it was a lot more than that uh, I was shocked by that number um it tells you real quick how hard it is. Uh, you know, I, I will say this. I've said it once. I'll say it again. There's a lot of kid. There's kids that could play baseball that aren't, like, ever going to be professional baseball players that decide they don't want to play baseball anymore in college. And then that opens it up for kids that maybe would have been on the bubble to go to. Um, lesser baseball schools, maybe for academics uh, or just they just want the experience or whatever. There's all types of different situations that fit kids based on their skill level, what they want and how the whole thing works out. So the number, um, interestingly enough, I'm not going to call it skewed because it's not really skewed. The number is what it is. But, um, you know, uh, I, there's all kinds of kids that, that get an opportunity for one reason or another. So I think it's great. Um, it is an accomplishment. But the one thing that I can't help but think of every time I see one of these pictures is uh, you guys have heard me talk about Rick Strickland over in St. Louis the St. Louis Pirates. I've, I've mentioned this before. Something that he always says is he always reminds kids that now the real work begins. I I think too often kids r- accomplish a goal or reach a s- milestone in whatever it is they do. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'm here, now what? Um, I think it happens sometimes when they're younger, and that's why we see some plateaus sometimes that are hard to get over. But it's almost like the, the kids that seem to have the most success are the ones that nothing changes their work ethic. Like, just because I'm committed Or just because I made my high school team doesn't mean I quit working harder. Just because now I'm starting on my high school team doesn't mean – and it all starts when you're younger. And we've talked about that on the show too before as being, you know, is there anything to the the truth of – is there anything to the truth of everybody playing at a younger age fosters that mentality? Like I don't have to work hard for playing time. I'm going to play. We're going to bat 12. I'm going to rotate in and out every inning, you know, stuff like that. So – you know that's another day and we've talked about it before and we will continue to talk about it cuz i think it's an evolving discussion but for today's discussion what always interests me is when i see these kids and i think to myself nows when the real work begins but the fun part is is the journey and how they get there and one of the things that amazes me is and and i'm and i'm going through it right now and so it made me think about it The amount of work that these kids are going to have to do to go where it is they're going to go and be a, quote, unquote, factor, Um, I think we as parents think about, like, when we see a kid, I I know that, like, just from talking to people that when you see a picture of a kid uh, committing to college to play baseball, the first thought that typically goes through most people's heads are, I wonder if he's – if it doesn't give you a lot of information, but – Sometimes it will. So either way, the thoughts that go through your mind is if it doesn't tell you, it's like, well, I wonder if he's a pitcher. Boy, he's big. I wonder if he throws hard. I wonder what he can. I wonder if he hits home runs. Or man, he looks athletic. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? So I, you know, you always wonder, and then you know, you click on articles and read about kids, and you find out, you know, they about them as people and their skill levels and things like that. Always exciting stuff, right? But then you start thinking about the journey that every one of these kids has been on. I think one of the cool things is for a lot of kids is that they weren't always the best player on their team. Some of them weren't very good when they were young. Uh, we learn more and more what a late developing sport this is. And a lot of that has to do with size and athleticism. Um, <laughs> I it, it It blows my mind, and I'll say this to this day, the number of kids... That I, that I help, and I have a conversation with them right about this time every year. It's usually, it's gone on already because now we're in full-blown mode here of getting in a lot of base work before we take a break for the holiday. And then when we come back January 1st, we start getting some real action going where we should have a lot of our base work done on, in the swing, where we can really start implementing some stuff athletically in the swing. So um, it always kills me when I have these conversations with kids and parents because as the most of the kids that I help are getting older um when I say so you know all right so season's over what do you think you need to work on and we talk about it and they tell me what their goals are I always make them do we always talk about this I get feedback from the parents cuz you know you don't always get everything straight from the kids you kind of do it as a team right but it never ceases to amaze me how when I have a conversation I would say 75 percent of every kid I talk to whether it be a kid I'm directly working with or just somebody I know that is involved in playing the game and let's face it majority of these kids all have aspirations of playing in college some of them more than college and some of them rightfully so it never ceases to amaze me how all they talk about is I'm, doing, I'm hitting with this guy. I'm pitching with this guy. I'm throwing with this guy. And to some kids, I'm, field, I'm taking fielding with this guy. I'm working on my outfield with this guy. And then I'm going to do this hitting thing or this guy. I hear it all the time. And you sit there and you go, well, that's great. Okay. You play other sports? No, no, I'm dedicated to this. Okay, so what are you going to do about your body? What about your athletic training? Are, are the number one thing you need to do is get stronger, faster, quicker, stronger, faster, quicker, bigger. No, it doesn't. I mean, bigger kind of comes with being stronger. Not all guys are get getting huge. That, that wasn't my point. My point is, you know, it just, it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. I think you guys understand my point there. Really. It's stronger, quicker, bigger, um, or I'm sorry, stronger, quicker, faster. And there's a difference between quick and fast. I think you guys know what I mean. They're agility, speed and agility. Um, those are the things that floor me, that they, uh, I don't know. Well, I thought you wanted to get better. Well, I do. Well, and then it, then it comes. Well, we don't have time for that. Well, you better make time. And that's kind of where I go with today's conversation because it stems from a conversation I just had this week with my son. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, I'm interested to get everybody's talk, get everybody's thoughts, on um, the the real work that begins once you go to college, and what I really mean by that is the real work versus what you, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. So we're going to talk just a little bit about that today. It's kind of a one-sided conversation because I'm in here by myself, but I know that I'm going to get stuff back from you guys, and I'm really, really curious to get that information back because I do think it's going to be interesting um, to see some of the stories. It's the stories that we're going to get that I think are going to make this an interesting conversation because I, you, you can really talk to so many kids and get, get a lot of the same things. So uh, before we do, I want to remind everybody, check us out at uh, youthbaseballtalk.com. Uh, the, the things you can do there, subscribe to the show. It's com- it's absolutely free. It uh, costs you nothing, takes 30 seconds, and you'll get a notification when the show comes out on your mobile device. Uh, Christmas is around the corner here. If you could do your shopping at Amazon, that would be fantastic. Helps us take care of Brian Croc and Andrew Allen, our wonderful producers. I'd um, like to encourage everybody to find us on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Uh, like our Twitter page. If you're a baseball person in any way, shape, or form, and you follow us, we're going to follow you back because we're interested in what you have to say. We're going to ask you to go to Facebook and type in Youth Baseball Talk and like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends and invite them as well. That would mean a lot to us. Uh, Instagram, you can find us, Youth Baseball Talk as well. Uh, we are part of lineupmedia.fm, uh, not only a podcast network anymore, home to You Radio, uh, the newest streaming platform that uh, has the new version that's real sleek and handy to use, new stations coming out every day. It's uh, It's tremendous, but it's got so much more coming down the pike that you guys are going to love it. Go download that for free on your mobile device today. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I always thank uh, one of our uh, participators and uh, one, one of our partners uh, each week and, and, and see what they have for us. This week I'm going to start it out with my man Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.TV. Um, he's done some amazing things lately and been sharing some stuff, um, some quality content actually for free that you can find if you follow him on social media. But his uh, EliteBaseball.TV is only $99 a year. And I'm telling you, I've spent more money than I care to remember on baseball. And and, and I know you have too if you're listening to this show and if you're involved in this because it's the nature of the beast. But for $99, I promise – I've yet to have anybody accept this challenge and me not win, and that is this. Spend your $99 on Elite baseball TV and come back to me six months later and tell me it's not the best $99 you ever spent because it is. <clears throat> if you're truly in this – and you truly care, and you want to get better, and you want to help, and you want to do all this kind of stuff, it's EliteBaseball.tv. It's awesome. You guys will love it. Um, Justin's tremendous. Let's see what he has for us this week. Take it away, my friend.
0: Hey, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv. I've been getting a lot of good feedback on our Twitter handle, at Elite underscore Baseball, because we've been putting some coaching progressions up each night on some Twitter threads. One of them I put up this week, was the difference and why sometimes we go underhand front toss in batting practice, and sometimes we go short overhand toss. I'm going to explain the importance of each because I feel like as an industry, we get stuck doing the same thing over a long period of time without the explanation of why. So underhand front toss has been a staple of our game in the batting practice progression forever. right? And the reason why we're doing it, we get a short distance where we can reduce reaction time similar to what it is in a game. Let players create feel coming off of the step of their tee swings, which they're just working on their body mechanics, and now doing that on a moving pitch. Now I do that over the course of 200 to 500 tosses in a day, which many coaches will. You can understand that your overhand throw and your arm would be exhausted by that point. So underhand toss can be an easy way for coaches to save on their arm and still get relevant work done. However, for me, the underhand toss is going to be more relevant to an off speed pitch. In the work I do with most hitters, I always start slow before I work fast, just to give them a non-threatening way to work on the body feels that we got off of the teats, the next step in the progression. But at some point, we have to challenge players with what they're going to see in a game, and of course that's going to be with the fastball. And when I train guys, I want to train them for the fastest fastball that they're going to see, and we work down everything else from there. So when I'm going underhand front toss, because of the arc of the throw, oftentimes these balls are gonna have some arch on it, and this would be more relative to what we're gonna see in an off-speed pitch, a ball that's changing planes. So when I work velocity, or when I work on the fastball, I'm changing that underhand front toss to going onto one knee, two knees, or a bucket, and going overhand toss. <laughs> Now this angle of the pitch is coming in flatter, it's more simulating a fastball higher in the zone. So if I want to really simulate the four-seam fastball, which has become a huge part of our professional game today, where guys throwing 95 and above are attacking the top of the zone, because many players today are trying to get the ball in the air, thus have a lot of lift and launch in their swing. So when I throw four seamers at the top of the zone, it has to change posture, which the player has to really make sure that they hone in on and pick correctly in order to be able to catch up to that four seam fastball. If they tilt underneath it and try to get back up to it, that ball is by them. So we need to simulate that in practice, which is where I think it's valuable that we go overhand toss from a short distance as much as we're going the underhand toss at a short distance. So there's practical uses for both of these. Don't get stuck into one pattern. And when I start doing variability training where I'm going fastballs and off-speed pitches, I will do that from a, a kneeling position to overhand as well. So I know coaches, you need to save your arm, and it's commonplace in baseball to do what the industry does, and the majority of coaches you're gonna see are doing some sort of underhand flip. There's relevance to that. But just because it's always been done that way, doesn't mean we have to continue to do it that way. So find now why that overhand toss short to your players too is gonna be valuable and something you need to insert into your practice plans with regularity. To see those practice plans, come check us out today at EliteBaseball.tv. We have a ton of exciting things coming up in this off season that I'm doing on an everyday basis in the cage, and that's what you come to our members' blogs for and why you come to Jim's awesome podcast. So until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field.
2: He's tremendous. Um, couldn't do this show without him. It uh, means a lot to me that he's been with us for such a long time and and continues uh, to be a part of this show as uh He's a busy dude. <laughs> Between helping kids and working with his own pro guys and then working for the Chicago Cubs and, and building up everything, I, I'm telling you, it's a it's a he's a busy dude. So the fact that he takes time for us means a lot to me and I know that our listeners appreciate the time that he spends as well. So I appreciate him and everything he does. Uh we will um we are gonna get to our discussion today as I sit here and think to myself, um, what is the definition of work um, to, 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 to all kids? Like when it comes right down to it, what does a kid think work is? Well, um, I, I don't know about your kids, but I know what my kids think work is. I mean, they think, they think work is, you know, the things that they have to do that they can't get around <laughs> sometimes, Um you know, that they have to do Uh, work when it comes to a sport or anything that you love in life is about passion. It's about commitment. It's about desire. I think we all know those things. Um, But when it comes right down to it, when you go to college to play a sport, it becomes kind of like a job. Uh, My older son went through it a little bit. Um, He went to a division three baseball school, not a top division three either. Um, You know, they take their stuff serious just like anybody else. And you know, but again, we're being realistic about what it is. It's an academic institution that doesn't even play a fall schedule. Um, they basically get together for a month in the fall and kind of inter squad and scrimmage and and get a feel for what the you know. It, so it's a you know, it's just it's a good Division three baseball program is what it is, right? Um, not a lot of pro guys have ever come out of there, hardly ever, right? Um, I think he was shocked. Uh, he came from a, where we're at here in Edwardsville, it's a top baseball program year in and year out, um, uh, expected to win regionals and expected to compete for super sectional or sectionals and then go compete hard for super sectionals. And, and the end game is always to make it to state. And to do that, you wind up having to go through some Chicago schools, some of them being private with millions of kids to recruit from, um, or millions of people a population of millions and they can recruit which they do I and mean, there's nothing wrong with it. it is what it is it's 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 completely within I mean when you're a private school you anybody can go to school there right um uh, but it but you know it's it's a big deal uh to kids that they go up there and, and and to just be able to compete against that is good and then to be able to actually feel like you not only can compete but you're good enough to play with those schools so uh my son went through that uh, they actually lost the state title game, um, beat a couple of tremendous schools with tons of Division One players on it to get there. Um, great program, year in and year out, right? Always turning out college players of their own. Maybe not as many D1s on each team as you might see at some of the private schools in Chicago, but um, great program. Can't say enough about what Tim does and his staff here and, and the work they put in and You know, I couldn't be more excited about my kids being able to be a part of something that I think is quality. That being said, um, he goes to Illinois College to play baseball, and I think he's blown away at how he thought he really worked here and how there you're getting up before school and you're working out and you're running and you're, you're showing up. And you have times to show up, and he's a pitcher, and your time slot is here, and then you're expected to get this work in, and this, and this, and this, and then on your own, and and da 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 and you just, it's on and on and on and on. And you sit there and go, holy cow. Um, so much for games and practice every day after school at from 2.10 to 4.30. So it becomes almost like a job. And what, what it made me think of was is the other day my son – told me the one that's a junior in high school it said "Oh, i'm not going to be able to go to a fielding class tonight and i said why not he goes, well, i got homework and i got this and i said hey listen number one academics first all the time yeah that's i'm gonna do this i said okay I, I understand that you need to write a paper tonight i know enough about school to be dangerous even though i'm 49 now and i don't believe for one minute that that teacher gave you that assignment today well no I go, okay, well, when, if you're writing some sort of paper, even if it's not like, an, like a big paper, my guess is they typically will give you at least a week to do it, right? well, yeah, they gave it to us last week. I said, okay, so now we get into the real crux of the problem. The crux of the problem is, is that you've put it off, so now you have to write a whole paper, which takes a week, and you're going to try to do it in one night. So that means you can't take the two hours it takes to drive to your infield class, to your infield class, and come home. Yes, that's right two hours. It's too much. Okay. So the real issue here is you didn't prioritize your time. And now you're not able to go do the things that you really need to do if you want to call yourself a baseball player. Well, I don't know what you want me to do. And I said, listen, you're missing the point, son. When you get to college, no, you're not going to be able to go to the coach, go coach. I'm not coming tonight. I got to go do homework. That's not going to fly. You are expected to prioritize your time to make sure that nothing interferes with the reason that you're there is academics and your sport. I promise you, if you keep having to miss things and co- I'm not saying that a college coach isn't going to go, Hey, we got a real problem here. We're gonna have to spend some extra time and find it. But there are also baseball coaches. They're going to want to know what you're doing in that other time. And, and where I'm getting at, getting it, getting at it, what I'm getting at here is my son had a whole week to do this. So that's a problem. It's a complete another thing for a for a baseball coach to step up and help a kid who's really struggling and he's giving all he has. It's another thing for kids to put things off, don't do the things in the timely manner they're supposed to, and then all of a sudden they can't figure out why they can't go do their actual work, actual off campus work, which for baseball. When I'm not off campus, out of classroom work. So that's when the real work begins. I mean, you look at these guys, and you're happy for them. You know this, and it's like, man, there's going to be a lot of wide-eyed kids when they get to college. And I just hope that we're trying to instill that in them. I think sometimes, in an effort to prioritize academics, that we just say, "Oh, too much homework, not going to practice tonight." Okay, I, I yeah, I understand that. And i I've been a I've been a part to my kids coming home and being bombarded with homework. And it was all done that day. I get that. I, I get it. I've been through it. I mean, I'm a parent. I mean, it's, I, I, I live in a school district like everybody else that I think everybody thinks our school district is too hard on the kids or whatever, but I've been, I've been, I've been there. I've been there. Um, and will it happen to you? And, and is there an Sure there is. I, I just said there is, but the problem is, is that this is an instance where We didn't prioritize our time because we didn't take into account, I got work to do. And we're going to have to figure out, and what it really comes down to is if you're going to go to college and play a sport, you've got to learn how to manage that time. When you play a sport in college, you don't get to put things off because, well, I don't know, every Monday I usually have time, and this Monday I just didn't have time. That's not how it works, and that's not going to fly with any coach. That's why they have study groups. That's why they meet and they do this and they make sure and they encourage you. He says, get your work done because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And now we're just talking about the classroom. Let's get into the whole, you know, talk about waking up. And when I say waking up, I mean waking up. Like I said, I, Tyler was like, I was like, so when is your guys' workout, time, workout times over the winter? Five. I go, well, that gives you plenty of time to get your homework done, finish your classes. So what I go, so what do they do? Tell you all to be out of class by 2 o'clock? He goes, no, um, yeah, I mean, we hit the field at 4 every day, but what do you mean 5? I go, well, yeah, 5. He goes, no, no, 5 a.m. You know, we share stuff here, so we have to go during our time, and we're an out-of-season sport, so, you know, know, all the in-season stuff gets it during normal times, and that's how it works. So (laughs) I think it was a little bit of a shock for him. He wound up enjoying it, actually, and it kind of something that he's grown into where working out's important to him and he gets his workouts in and running and things like that. But, you know, I just think a lot of people think it's going to be, oh, yeah, I'm going to go there, and, man, we're going to hang around the cage and hit and play some catch and play some games, work on some rundowns, and it's like, uh uh-uh. Man, I'm telling you, I've got a firsthand view of Missouri State, which is a a school that's pretty close to where we are, and they're a a really good baseball school, and every year – you know, they, they, they're they knocking on that door to, to get into that elusive College World Series, you know, making it to Omaha. Um, you know, they've gotten close before. And they're knocking on that door. They're right there. Um, you know, tremendous coaching staff. And let me tell you, they get after it. I have seen the drills they do. I know a couple kids that have went there, and they are like – Kids that have worked—I mean, two kids that have went to school there that I know personally that have been workers. I mean, kids that when you drive by the diamond here in Edwardsville, they were there every day. They weren't some—they weren't at home. They weren't—they were there every day. Somebody hitting them ground balls, somebody hitting them fly balls, hitting in a cage. You know, could have been doing something else. You know, you know—I like the term "gym rat." These guys were field rats. Just impressive kids, you know. Um, and both of them to a man said they, they had no idea how much work it was. And I've looked at so many kids and said, you both, I I tell kids all the time. I use them as an example because our kids know who those two guys are. They grew up watching them and, and watching them now achieve their, their dreams. And we talk all the time about how hard those two kids worked. And then I remind them all the time that they both went to a school and both of them said the same thing had no idea how, how much work it is to play a sport in college. So I guess what I'm getting at is remember that while you're doing all this planning and you're doing all this setup for the offseason, you're doing all this, remember that you know teaching our kids how to manage their time, um, the, the work requirement that comes in to be really, really good at something. Now, I'm not saying it's supposed to be a job for a 10-year-old kid. That's not my point. I, that's not where I'm going with this conversation. Where I was going with this conversation is the groundwork that we lay with our kids about responsibility, how it works, what we do with it, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's all really important stuff. Uh, I I think I think we have to look at it that way. To be quite frank with you, if we don't, I'm not quite sure. Um, not quite sure where we go from there, to be honest, because the last thing I want is for my kid to get somewhere and it be like, um, well, yeah, no, I've never done this before. Not real sure what you guys are doing here. Uh, you know, I don't want that. I want my kid to show up and at least be in the discussion of, hey, this kid's a worker. Hey, you know, we we're excited about this. This kid's a worker. You know, um, he's prepared. He understands, and I think that anybody that way is still going to be shocked at the amount of work you got to put in. Um, I, I don't know. It's just something I think about all the time because I think about the prominent baseball guys that I know. That when this happens every year, they all say the same thing. Now the real work begins. So congratulations to everyone out there that's listening, um, and if if you're a, if you're a player and you listen, and I know we have them, um, lots of them. Congratulations to you. If you're a player and your time hasn't come yet, keep working. Um, Great stories, great memories, great things happen um, to kids that are sitting there. Like some of you are sitting there right now going, I'm a senior and I haven't committed anywhere yet. I don't even have an offer. Great stories come from stuff like that. What you got to remember is that you're the one that writes the story. Okay, never count on anybody else to take care of you. You take care of you. Great stories come out of things like that. OK, to the parents and congratulations to you. I'm sure at at some level you've put in a ton of hours and a ton of effort and a ton of energy into the the great things that are happening for your son or daughter. Um, But know that it's still you're not done yet there's still a lot of work to do. It's going to take a lot of support, going to take a lot of mental support, a lot of physical support, monetary support uh, for sure. But um, but it's the groundwork that we lay when they're younger that prepares them to be able to handle things like this. And, you know, again, I think parents have a tough job today. Um, you know, I, it's it always sounds like we're talking to the one or two parents that are off the charts, cra- crazy wackadoo, but the reality of it is, for the most part, I think everybody's out there trying to do their darn best. And uh, that's all we're doing. That's all we're talking about here. So I uh, wanted to say congrats. I wanted to remind everybody that the uh, the work doesn't stop here. In fact, it's just getting started. So um, let's move on to my good friend who I know um, always has a, has an opinion on things like this. Kurt McNabb, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, who represents the Rope Trainer, as he brings you the Rope Report each week. Uh, again, that's the Rope Trainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check out the rope trainer.com today. Uh, we're going to hear from Kurt McNabb, see what he has for us, and uh, we'll come back here in just a second. Take it away, Kurt.
1: Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Rope Report, Dirt Bags. I'm Kurt McNabb, like Jim said, and uh, welcome back. Um, as you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about um, communication skills with a coach and, and, and your parents. Um, they're both uh, intertwined and and they're both related as well. So hopefully you've been enjoying them. I just want to carry on for one more week with that type of stuff and and get a little bit of closure on it as uh, before we go into our next uh, section and segments. Um, anyways, so where we've been going with the, you know sharing the passion and and how to communicate and stuff like that. But what's the purpose of it? Why 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 am I dwelling on these types of things? And I just want you to remember that. Your job in communicating is to educate them, the players I'm speaking about, um, other parents, other coaches, you want to empower them, and you want to motivate them, all right? Those are the three things you should stay on, so that means that there's a tremendous amount of pressure on you, and, and I think a lot of coaches do realize that and stuff like that, and we want it to be fun, but there is a lot of pressure on you. So we're talking about communicating, uh, you know, one thing that I do in the wintertime to uh, when I'm not doing baseball training is I officiate ice hockey and, and you know, I love it. It's a great thing, but it's amazing to me how coaches are, are just ignorant to the fact and that's what it is, ignorant to the fact of how they communicate with their officials in a game and, and we do that in baseball. I see it all the time and, and we all know we do. And, you know, you're talking about umpires that might be, you know, 12 or 13 years of age. Uh, they could be older depending on what age group you're doing, stuff like that. But you see it all across the, the the platforms and at all ages. And we we need to be cognizant of how we're speaking with them because we, as a parent and a coach, because our kids are listening, our players are listening, and they're picking up and they're building a mindset off of that. And that's the wrong type of mindset that we want to have created. Now we're going to have kids dwelling on, you know, well, it was the umpire's fault or the umpire, you know, uh, that was a ball and he called it a strike, so on and so forth. You know, all the analogies. Okay. So there's one avenue we've got to be very aware of. We should, we should Implement that into our everyday program, everyday training of how we're always working on communicating. Me as a coach, you as a player, and we've got to be aware of that, and we want to be respected, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create education, empowerment, and motivation, all right? It goes both ways, from a player to a coach, from a player to an umpire, from a player to a parent, and vice versa. It has to come from us to the player. All right? That's one way is on the officials. Another way that we take for granted is how we speak to our pitchers. Our body language is still speaking. There, there's one thing that gets overlooked. You know, our body language from the bench towards a pitcher or towards a fielder that happened to make an error, a bad pitch, walk a guy in a tight situation, give up a big hit. Yeah, for sure we're frustrated. For sure we're disappointed. But we've got to watch our body language because it's communicating to them our emotions, what we're thinking. When we go to a mound for a visit, we've got to be able to evaluate before we go out there, you know what, is this a a motivational conversation? Is this an empowerment conversation, all right, or is it an educational one? Hey, you know what, you got to loosen up, you got to relax, you got to breathe, all right, or hey you know what? Are you still good? The arm still good? The body feel good? How you feel? You're going to get this guy out? You're going to go ahead and finish this game? You've got a great game going. Let's get you out of there and let's have a good finish. Or hey, you know what? You see them really overloading themselves and you tell them a joke. You go completely off the radar. It's unexpected and it's fun. I love doing this one with my pitchers because it just puts the perspective back in and then snaps them out of it because sometimes they're so intent that they 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 they've just wrapped their head so tight and their emotions and their and their physical just can't even react n- even remotely close to natural the way it should. So you just tell a comic or hey you know what look at that person or or you know hey what do you think that person's thinking? Whatever it is. So those are different variety of stuff. And those are the same type of things you can do with your players in general. It doesn't have to be just your pitchers, but those are just some examples for today, okay? So Remember, when you're communicating every single time with body language or verbally, you've got to be aware of these things. This is what you're developing within your players, within your son, within your daughter. All right? And this goes on in everything in life, not just baseball related. So if we can get our heads wrapped around what it is we're really doing or wanting to achieve through our communication and what we're definitely not wanting to you're going to move forward in a lot more positive manner, all right? Sure, are you still going to get frustrated and disappointed? Absolutely. But you're going to be able to communicate through those times a lot more positively if you're at least aware of it and you're working on how to do this type of stuff. As you all know, one of our big programs is, you know, working with high school age kids on on -on one-on-ones and confidential, both both face-to-face and remotely through video chat. And and parents, coaches, I'm telling you, we've got to get this right because we live in that world. And if you think we don't, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. So that's what we're always working with players on, that type of stuff, working them through those situations and giving them advice, but also listening to them, truly listening to them. So we can help them with that type of stuff. If that's ever anything you want to have or anything you need, you feel free and you reach out to me, Kirk McNabb, at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, for sure. And that's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or on, on uh, Facebook or Instagram, at Dirtbag Baseball Nation or on Twitter at Dirtbag Nation and the number one. You contact me directly, and I will guarantee you that it will be my mission to help you get through those type of situations or help develop you as a coach or a parent in order to help you with those situations. I am that serious about it. This is no joke, and we need to keep doing this and moving it forward so this game remains fun, sports remain fun, life remain fun, all right? It's the same type of thing when people ask me about the rope trainer. You know, they they ask me, is it a good thing? Well, first off, I'm not doing anything and I'm not promoting and I'm not affiliating with anybody that isn't good. It's that simple. We do the research and we do in-depth research. So I'm not lining myself with anybody that isn't. All right. These guys are always up to date. They're always doing data. They're always trying to improve and get better. This works. It's that simple. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-decision. Guys like John Smoltz and Chris Berner aren't going to put their name to it either if it doesn't. It's that simple. But you have to have the education. You have to have the empowerment and the motivation to really say, I'm going to be a better ball player. And if you are, then this is what you want to have in your throwing arsenal. You want to have it because, like I've said many, many times, you know what I call it. It's your best personal throwing buddy because it's always going to be there for you. So it's a no-brainer, all right? If you want to get yours, you go to www.theropetrainer.com and you get it. You enter dirtbag in the number five, dirtbag in the number five, so they know you heard about it from me right here on the Rope Report on Youth Baseball Talk, all right? It's a no-brainer, but it's all relative. I, I can communicate and tell I'm blue in the face about it, but you either are going to be motivated or not. And if you're still undecided, then same thing as everything else. You reach out to me and you contact and we work our way through it. So you understand why it is you're going to get it and why you want to get it and why you need to have it in your bag. That's all I'm going to say for this week. As always, I mean, it's a pleasure. And you know, I love doing what we do. And you stay dirty, nation. All right. You stay dirty and you keep following. You keep listening. You keep pounding the pavement day in, day out. Cause tomorrow's going to be better than it is today, as long as we remember we got to get up, we got to get after it, and we got to get dirty.
2: Great stuff as always, and again, um, can't thank uh, can't thank him enough for uh, for his continued contributions. I know, uh, I know that people are enjoying him being on here. Uh, means a lot to us, and his energy is fantastic. Uh, I, I can tell you that um, this is a guy that you're going to hear more and more from over time. His passion is amazing. Um, he has a way that he connects with people and people w- gravitate towards him and want to learn from him. So I, I expect more things from from Kurt McNabb and the gang over at Dirtbag Baseball Nation before this is all over. Uh, one more time, thank you to The Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com for, for their continued support. Uh, the boys from Precision Impact are off this week, but we do want to remind you um, about our friends at Precision Impact. They deliver the equipment and training you need to win. Uh, It comes right to your doorstep, prices that you can afford. Uh, Hitting and fielding equipment, uh, don't forget the squishies, flex balls, slugs, things that you can use to improve your game in controlled settings, uh, outside, inside, things like that. They've also got the plyo bombs, weighted baseballs, uh, V-bands, mini rebounders, wrist weights, all the things you need to make sure that arm care and throwing are are something that you take very serious in your game. Um, You know, being proactive and increasing strength and endurance can help before injuries happen. Get the tools you need and throw like a champion. Stay injury-free, all of it delivered to your doorstep at a price you can afford. That's our friends at PrecisionImpact.ca. Do not forget uh, that you can join their VIP club. And when you check out, type in Youth Baseball Talk in the discount coupon area and receive yourself an additional 10% off. Special thanks to uh, those guys, and we'll have them back next week. Uh, oh, I take that back. No show next week. Um, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, there will be no show next week. Um, want to? Uh, I'll be gone with family, as as I'm sure a lot of you guys will. So, uh, yeah, no show next week, but uh, I'm sure we'll get them back the week after as we head into the, the great month of December. So um, one last time, remind you guys, check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Subscribe to the show there. Find us on Twitter, at podcast baseball. Please don't forget us on Facebook, Youth Baseball Talk. Like our page. Click invite your friends. Uh, we'd love to have them involved as well. And, of course, Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk as well. Lineupmedia.fm, home of Yo! Radio. Um, the ask now is to go to your mobile device, go to the app store, download Yo! Radio. It's free. You're going to love it. It's the newest streaming platform. The new version is awesome. Uh, big things happening, and, um, and we're ready to go. So, Uh, Realizing that I'm off next week for the holiday, I want to tell everybody thank you and have a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe, and we'll see you in December. See you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball
1: Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at PodcastBaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.
0: This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.